Hey, man, is that the Garage Rock Show podcast? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. This is the Garage Rock Show podcast. To those of you already supporting the show with a monthly subscription, thank you. If you're not already a supporter and you'd like to help make this show possible, please tap the link in this episode's description or visit anchor.fm slash the Garage Rock Show become a monthly supporter and make sure to check us out online at the garage if you enjoy our podcast every week make sure you rate us in the apple and google stores and follow us on facebook and instagram at garage rock show podcast now on to this week's episode garage rock rock show <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it's friday it's time for another episode of the garage rock show podcast chris here with our special guest this week aaron what's up man not much what's going on lots of things to talk about this week friday november 15th episode number 88 this week's topics include they've announced the download festival lineup so we'll talk about that who's uh, who's on that one also new tool dates and a cd book they're announcing Black Crows have announced a 30th anniversary reunion tour with the uh, the Robinson brothers are back. Uh, Billy Eilish recorded with Jack White, a uh, pretty cool thing there. We'll talk about that. Ozzy's first new solo work in nine years. We'll listen to that new track. Scott Weiland's widow is selling his old hats on eBay. Plus, Aww. I know, right? Movie entertainment news on this day, music history trivia, sports minute, weekly what the fuck more. Isn't that sad though, right? Like right off the bat. They listed right now? Yeah. I'm about to check them out. $3,500 is the starting bid on those. Mm, I'm not going to pay that. (laughs) That's what I'm saying, right? Uh, Not too many new releases towards the end of the year. Um, I think December 5th is the cutoff for uh, recording, um, excuse me, reporting to the Billboard charts. So a lot of artists don't do anything usually around this is like the last push to put out an album because a lot of people don't traditionally release music um in december it's not really a popular time to do it the charts aren't going it's just one of those things right i don't know you never i always notice there's a lot of songs that seem like they're from like almost two years ago sometimes you know but that's just so so long ago yeah because it was like they use about halfway through the previous year or something or like well and then sometimes they'll release albums around this time and they really don't hit radio and um even though they may have been released later in the previous year they'll still kind of be nominated for the following year right exactly the cutoff year before yep yep exactly um so this week we got a couple releases from celine dion no shit wow Mm. she's got a new album out uh, DJ Shadow, Our Pathetic Age. That one's a pretty cool... We've heard some tracks off of that. He's got some cool collaborations on that one, some guest stars and MCs on that one. That's pretty cool. I'd like to check it out. Uh, Juliana Hatfield. Uh, she's a pretty cool guitar player, rocker chick. Uh, she's She does a, she did another album. I can't remember who it was that she covered. I think it was Fleetwood Mac or something. And now she's doing one where she covers songs by the police. Okay. So it's kind of cool. cool. It's her own take, and it's her own take on it. It's like she doesn't do an exact copy of the song, so yeah, pretty cool. Right on. Lady Antebellum's got their new album. Lil Peep's got his album. Posthumous release, of course. Lil Peep came back from the dead. <laughs> he came back from the dead to put this album out. But uh, isn't it funny, like, when... Um, it's not funny, but when an artist dies, passes away, it seems like... They release Biggie, for instance. Yeah, Tupac. Biggie, Tupac. All these albums started coming out with all these collaborations of leftover tracks and beats and da-da-da, mm-hmm. right? 
kind of shameless in a way, but yeah, I wonder who's getting money. I hope his mom's getting money. I remember Puff Daddy put every which way Biggie duets, Biggie this, Biggie that. Dude, it was was, yeah, like completely ridiculous. It was pimping it out. Yeah, and I hope his family and his mom got most of that, you know, and his son and true. But if they, they you know, hopefully they did. Uh, anyway, all right. So rock news this week: uh, Download Festival, the biggest rock festival in Australia, uh, has announced their lineup. Uh, yeah, that's not a knife. That's <laughs> that's not a lineup. This is a lineup. <laughs> it's all right though. It's it's pretty good. Uh, My Chemical Romance. We were talking about them last week. They're getting back together first time in like almost ten years. So that's kind of cool for them. They're headlining along with Deftones, Jimmy Eat World, Clutch, Ministry. I don't know. I can't even tell who that band is. I think that may say In Flames. I don't know. Hmm. Testament. Um, like some splatter paint for a logo. A lot of those heavy metal bands, it's like it looks like just a bunch of nonsense. Uh, anyway, it's it, not too bad. It's all right. But, I mean, it's Australia. So, I mean, you know, it's not going to be the best best around. But, you know, hey, you know, it's pretty pretty darn good. It's uh, a place I've always wanted to go. Check out Australia. the world. Yeah, you know. There's a lot of places I don't want to go. Yeah, like where, like Sydney or like one of the Melbourne or something, like one of the big ones. Cool, yeah. Or would you want to do like the outback shit where you go out there? I don't know. Catch a fucking snake. Maybe do snake in the grass. (laughs) Go on a fucking tour of the the animals and stuff too, because they got all kinds of shit out there. Steve Irwin experience. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't go uh, swimming with those stingrays though. Fucking (laughs) stung in the chest and fucking die. Shit. <laughs> R.I.P. Steve Irwin. Fucking cool ass dude. All right. Yeah, his family got a new show. Yeah, right. and his daughter is carrying the torch. Yeah. Uh, Bindi Irwin, I think her name is. And she's fucking cool. She's really, yeah. you know, that's awesome. Cool uh, show. All right. So Tool's got some new dates uh, in January and February. We're lucky enough to get one here in Fresno uh, in our area. January 15th, Tool's going to be at the St. Mart Center. Dope. Yeah, in Fresno. That's going to be a. A pretty cool show. Uh, they've also announced some other dates. Where else? San Diego in the first part of January. Then we got Las Vegas, Nevada, Glendale, Arizona, Austin, Texas. You guys get a date as well. Dallas, Atlanta, Georgia, Memphis. Uh, what else? Uh, Nashville and New Orleans. And then that's it. It ends basically the first of February. So mm-hmm. if you guys want to get your tickets for that, check it out. I have a cool quote here from Justin Chancellor. Let me yeah, see if I can. One month. One month to get her done tour, huh? Yeah, and Tool's known for doing stuff like that. They don't tour very often. Less than a month. And they kind of go in these chunks like this, mm-hmm. like about a month-long chunk of t- of touring. That's kind of dope. It is. And then, well, and then they're getting ready for some other dates that are on the way. In uh, March, they're going actually to Australia with a bunch of Australian dates. Playing Australia for the first time in over 10 years. That's cool. So that's pretty cool. I got a really cool quote here from Tool bassist Justin Chancellor talking about the band's new songs, uh, often mutate when they play them live. Check it out. The cool thing with this band is that we, you know, once we go out on the road, it's not over for those songs. You know, we start changing them and we start improvising a bit in different sections or we'll, you know, stretch a little piece of it out. The album is just a postcard of that moment, really. We never, like, limit ourselves to just always playing the songs that way. You know, they're going to grow and change. All right. Yeah. Pretty cool. Live shows are always cool because of the i mean with lots of bands do switch shit up like that you know yeah and tools one of those bands that you got to see live to really i think appreciate the way that they do that like it's just this kind of 
hour and a half long odyssey of just like fucking badass riffs and drum stuff and you know Maynard's vocals and everything it's just a non-stop show of uh really cool shit they do a lot of cool stuff live they're one of those cool live yeah, bands right so check them out on tour coming up next year and they're also releasing an expanded book edition of their new album in December it's a 56 page booklet with never before seen artwork a download of their groundbreaking video Recusant Ad Infinitum which I think is the one that we have on the special edition that we've seen the little you know that five minute long video on the special edition um, CD. Yeah, yeah. So uh, apparently you get a download of that, so you can have okay. it on uh, your own device, computer at home, whatever. Right? That's cool. And you get a CD as well. Uh, but here's the deal. Uh, I have a I have a problem with this real quick. I still haven't got my CD that I ordered in September. Me and Charles ordered uh, some uh, some of these CDs, the limited edition ones, the the second pressing. The final ones that Tool had on their website. Which ones? You got the first one? I got the very first one there at Amazon. Okay. I went to my local Amazon. I got one. And then Tool what made... Was it, what was the difference between... Oh, there was no difference. I just wanted it for, like, collectors yeah, or to yeah. sell or okay. kind of just, you know, keep it in the no packaging. Extra, nothing extra artwork or nothing like that? No, it okay. was the same thing that I already have. And I kind of wanted another one just to keep it sealed, you know, right. for future reference. So anyway, we still haven't got that. <laughs> it's been two and a half months, and, and they're already uh, releasing a new edition with this booklet that I may have wanted to just get that instead. And so that was straight through them, like through their website? Right. Okay. Yes. And so now they're offering <laughs> well, this thing. Uh, so it's kind of, I don't know, it's fucking... Do you get any type of like email saying it's on the way or anything? Like, apparently, uh, they say that, that that happened this week, uh, that they sent out an email to everybody who ordered one. I got to go through my email and check it out, but I was looking at this uh, today and trying to find out some info, and apparently they just sound at, sent out an email saying, we're aware, we're processing your orders, blah, blah, just blah. Just because there's such a demand for it, or they yeah. sold way more than they anticipated? That's what? what it was, yeah. yes. Um, good news for them, I yeah. guess. Yeah, so. oh yeah, it is. I mean, they, they, they definitely, you know, they did it right by making this a high-demand product and doing a very limited amount. Here's Danny Carey talking about how the album designs are inspired by previous rock artists, the the artists they used to listen to. Uh, let me check it, uh, open this up for you, check it out. We all grew up, I think, listening to bands like Pink Floyd and Yes, and, you know, the art rock bands that always tried to create this fantasy thing that was larger than life, you know, and that, that was a big inspiration for sure. And it kind of reminds me, you know, thinking about some of those uh, records that my dad had that I saw for the first time, like opening up Dark Side of the Moon for the first time and opening up a real album and seeing like this kind of cool artwork and it's like right in your face and it's really mm -hmm. that's something special and I think Tool, like like you just heard Danny my, say, my, he, he they recognize that. Yeah, my dad had that. that what was iron, one of those ones iron, for you? Iron Butterfly with oh, the, yeah. that holographic big old cover like the one the, with inagata davida in yeah, it yeah yeah i, I used think to sit yeah, there and the name turn it back and forth like wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah so many uh, he's still got a huge collection i've been wanting to go through it i always remember the one from led zeppelin it was led zeppelin 3 and it had this little wheel that you could turn in it on the front of the album it was like artwork and then the wheel you would turn and it would change the artwork inside mm, like and yeah, it would yeah. it would be like something different all the time you know it was all yeah. this little little things in there really cool i love that shit too man i love albums so good for them keeping that alive you know in this yeah. digital age it's That's good cool. to have uh 
cool stuff like that. And also, there's some early recordings uh, that Maynard James Keenan recorded with a band called Texans. It was Tex A N dot or A dot N dot S Texans, which stands for Texan the Anti Nazi Squad. Uh, the, the group's keyboardist, Mike Mings, has sh- shared some recordings the band did, along with a photo of him and Keenan to prove who was a bassist in the band, as well as one of its vocalists. So Maynard was played the bass, and he was a vocalist, and it was super early in the 80s. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> watch, let's, uh, watch, let's listen to some of it. And he said that Maynard lived down the street from him. They did a few projects in the 80s. He started the band together. They did a couple coffee house gigs together, recorded the first songs that he wrote lyrics on, apparently. So he's saying that, like, Maynard, uh, the very first song that Maynard wrote lyrics for, he wrote with this band, uh, Texans. So it was like the beginning of his kind of songwriting career as a musician and stuff. And it's funny, man. Like, I, I have bands like this. Like, I wonder, you know, if it'll ever, you know, stuff like this. I'm sure he kind of was just like, it's a local band, we're just fucking around. But when you become famous, like some dude that you did that with, it's like, dude, I, I had a band with Maynard, yeah, you yeah. know? And we they did, look at look at the song titles, Tweaked and In God We Trust. Those are the names of the <laughs> songs here. Let's see if it's, uh, it's going to play. Can we play it here? Oh, is it muted? Oh, yeah, it's muted. There we go. This sounds like some rough kind of punk stuff, you know? Live at Sons and Daughters Hall. Let's wait for the lyrics. Yeah. Doesn't really sound like him. like some old punk huh yeah it kind of sounds like uh i don't know like it's funny it's almost got like a 80s punk kind of like i hear some keyboards in there like almost like i'm thinking like depeche mode or like uh one of those kind of like 80s techno-y kind of punk bands you know interesting oh there's his bass solo And it's all punk too. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's cool. It's interesting stuff. That's definitely a Maynard, uh, Maynard group. I'm sure. Uh, right on. So that's yeah. cool. Uh, all right. So more news. Uh, rock news this week. Uh, the Black Crows announcing a 46 date tour, 30th anniversary reunion trek. They are back. Chris and Rich Robinson got to pay some bills apparently because they're making their first shows together since 2013. Uh, Rolling Stone reported they will perform its 1990 debut album, Shake Your Money Maker, in its entirety, along with uh, some other hits and favorites. Wow. So that's kind of cool. They're doing their debut album. It hasn't seemed like that long. I know. They were one of those bands that we kind of grew up with on the MTV era, like, mm-hmm. right, you know? I always remember uh, She Talks to Angels and some of those fucking tracks, you know, that they'd always play. Uh, they're one of those bands. It's like kind of an established band. I don't know if I'm like super excited about it, but I think this is kind of cool. Yeah. I don't know if I go out of my way to see the show necessarily, but um, I don't know. It's kind of cool. Um, it, uh, some of these interesting things here, though, I have um, some quotes here from the Robinson brothers. A while back, apparently, Rich Robinson shed some light on how the band has um, been dubbed over the years, quote, the most rock and roll rock and roll band in the world. End quote. The tag originally came from a cover story 
in Britain's Melody Maker, which the Crows always thought was a goof. They apparently just said that was kind of like a joke or something. Uh, let me pull up the quote here. And uh, I think this is Chris Robin. No, this is Rich Robinson talking about this. Check it out. That was a joke. This guy wrote this scathing review of us and basically said, these guys are the bunch of bitchiest, you know, most pain in the ass, drug-induced. Just went on, all and all. And then at the end, he, they said, let's face it, this is the most rock and roll, rock and roll band in the world. So we just sort of stole it and thought it was funny. <laughs> well, that's kind of funny, right? Any press is good press. Yeah. Even you could turn, like, some bad press into some good press, you know? Some of those fucking music critic guys, they're such, such snobs, like the guys at Pitchfork and... They write the most, like, pretentious shit. It's like, where's your fucking band, man? You know, what are you doing, you know, to change stuff that you, like, judge so harshly or whatever, right? Right. I don't know. And then also Chris Robinson had this quote here where he talks about basically how they operate on feel and how they go about making music the same way he's always gone about listening to music. Uh, Check it out. I think I have it right here. You know, the way you feel when you connect with the band, when you go to something that you know is going to be more important than being seen there or who else is going because it's the cool thing. You're going because, you know what, it's not cool. It's something that is important to you. That's the motivation for everything. Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, yeah, right? It's not about like, oh, yeah, going to the cool show. It's about bands that you want to see because they're important to you or it creates something a feeling or a scene or you like with the, the area right may not be the coolest band but fuck i'm gonna go check them out right yeah uh all right so that's kind of cool i think i have another quote here about their split up i'm gonna see what this is because this is chris robinson talking about that check it out the black crows is so much time and, and it's so complicated and then you mix family and whatever that is into it and you know, I mean, to me, it's just sad, and it's disappointing, really. And it's unfortunate that on the 25th anniversary, whether the band was working or not, that it really isn't just about the songs and the good times people had at these concerts. And I'm, I'm going to keep my personal, private family business personal and private. So that was just five years ago, basically, when in 2013 they did a 20th anniversary. It's just too bad. We have kids and get married and shit. It's just a tragedy, you know? <laughs> right. It's just a real tragedy. We can't go on the road and screw all I these other wanna... chicks and do all these drugs, and right? That's probably what he wanted to say. Right. But it, it, the tour is starting off uh, on the East Coast, guys, and going through the West Coast from July to September. So I'm sure you guys can check out those Black Crows dates in your area. All right, check it out. Ozzy's... Isn't Crow Milk going to have a stand there? <laughs> you know what? That is a great point because the Black Crows and Crow Milk have always been kind of partners in underground. Like, it wasn't well-known. Chris and Rich Robinson used yeah. to drink Crow Milk on tour. Uh, that's not very well-known or documented. Um, but I've heard that Crow Milk has played a part in some of their songwriting as well, giving them that I-don't-give-a-fuck mentality. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, I heard that Crow Milk may be on this tour. We're going to have to see. Oh, hey, Charles. What's up? Oh, hey, Chris. Hey, Slugger. You look down. What's wrong? I don't know, Chris. Things just haven't been going well for me. My energy seems low. I can't focus at the office. I have trouble feeling powerful like I used to. 
My arms seem a little saggy. Yesterday, I stared at a bridge for six hours from the roof of a stranger's car. When they asked me to get down, I screamed the name Bette Midler at them several times. I just feel lousy. I don't know what's wrong. Well, I know what's wrong, champ. You do? Yeah. You're not getting enough fortification to those bones with the nutritional content in crow's milk. Huh? That's right, crow's milk. Here, try some. Okay. Mmm, thick. Sure it is. Crow's milk blends the perfect amount of nutrient-fortified crow's eggs with dairy-based products we all enjoy. It's like a drink in a way, but in a way, it's not like a drink at all. Right, and the patented flavor and energy crystals resting deep inside that bottle of cool, refreshing crow's milk gives you the fight you need to pump those muscles up like a crow. Energy crystals like sugar? Sure, and remember, crow's milk is specifically designed to give you a unique charge of protein with amino acids that do something like science for you. Yeah, I can feel the charge right now. It really gives you an I-don't-give-a-fuck attitude. Well, okay. So, Charles, how do you feel now? I mean, I mean like, 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 deep, deep down? down? Really I mean, reach in there, you know, think about it. Like guar lyrics, Chris. Yeah, good. Now go get them, slugger. And remember, crow's milk can be used as shampoo as well to help replenish those nasty hair follicles. Huh? Crow's milk, available upon request in most countries. Buy it today. Well, check it out. In the meantime, let's listen to Ozzy's new song here. This is Ozzy's first new solo track in nine years. It's called Under the Graveyard. And it's not bad. I kind of, I thought it was, it definitely sounds like an Aussie track. Yeah. Let's wait till the guitar comes in too. Apparently the, the producer guy is the guy who plays guitar on it. Hmm. The dude who worked with Post Malone and all that. Andrew Scott, I think his name is. track right i mean yeah, not bad it's all right it's not his best work but it's kind of cool i like the title like, and the <laughs> you know yeah so there you go that's ozzy's new track under the graveyard uh his first new solo song in nine years as i was saying he worked with that producer andrew watt excuse me i said andrew scott earlier uh, he oversaw the sessions for that new Post Malone song, Take What You Want, which uh, Ozzy did the guest vocals on. Uh, apparently, Ozzy and Watt have worked together in the past, um, and now they're doing this full album, and it's the first since Ozzy's 2010 Scream. So um, in addition to Watt on the guitars, the the album uh, for Ozzy's new solo album's band that plays on the album is Duff McKagan on the bass from Guns N' Roses, and Chad Smith from the Red Hot Chili Peppers on the drums. Oh, cool. So that's a pretty cool little group. Um, 
I don't think I have any of the um, Aussie quotes here, but he just kind of talks about. Uh, he says that this quote, this album was a gift from my higher power. It's proof to me that you should never give up. End quote. So, you know, kind of an inspirational thing for him. I, he's going through a tough time. Obviously, we saw him in and out of the hospital, all kinds of shit going on in his life. So maybe he's just kind of in that positive mind space, you know, with it. Um, so. Yeah, you live longer doing what you like, right? He said while he would keep him busy. Yeah, and he said he was still recovering while making this album. He said, quote, in the back of my mind, I was going, I haven't got the fucking strength, but Andrew pulled me out of it. I really hope people listen to it and enjoy it because I put my heart and soul into this album, end quote. So if you're a real Ozzy fan, you hear that from Ozzy, they put his heart and soul into this album, he was recovering. Give it a fair shot. Don't just dismiss it as bullshit or whatever, you know, just because Zach Wilde's not on it and it's not super heavy hardcore. Give it a shot, you know. Fucking poor Ozzy's, like, doesn't have much left in him, you know. And if he's putting his heart and soul into this, you know, it's uh, worth listening to. All right, some Billie Eilish uh, news. As she has recorded a live acoustic set at Jack White's Third Man Records in Nashville, apparently this past Wednesday night, November 6th, she cut the album live, right, to acetate disc and is making the vinyl version exclusively available in Nashville and Detroit at the Third Man Record Store. So if you guys are in that area, man, pick that up. That's going to be a hot one. Uh, it was through 11-song set. Her brother, Phineas, played the guitar, uh, chief collaborator on a lot of his stuff. I guess they worked together, her and her brother. Uh, he's kind of like the producer guy. Uh, they played um, uh, guitar, and just she just sang. So it's a limited edition vinyl version there. So check that out. She's going to do a tour next year. Uh, Raconteurs, Raconteurs, excuse me, uh, Third Man Records releasing a huge live package. That's Jack White's other side group uh, when he broke away from the White Stripes as well as the Dead Weather. Uh, the Raconteurs live in Tulsa. It's a triple LP set of three nights out there. And you also get a mystery flexi disc and a born and raised Blu-ray which is kind of cool. I'm interested in this Blu-ray, and it's featuring two performances from White and bandmate Brendan Benson. Uh, took place last uh, July at Third Man's Records on his birthday. So it's kind of cool. It's like a birthday performance. They did a bunch of cool shit. Uh, and the second video on there is with Benson and White's first ever show together in 1999, all the way from 20 years ago. Hmm. So that's cool. kind of cool for the Jack White fan out there. Just in time for the holidays. Uh, Pearl Jam recording some new music, says Mike McCready, guitarist from Pearl Jam. Their 11th studio album and first one in about six years. He said, quote, has it been that long? Oh, my gosh. We've been busy toiling in the studio on and off for seven years. We're working at our own pace, doing some music right now. It's cool and different, and I'm excited about it, but we're not finished with anything yet, so I wish I had an answer for you, but know that we are recording right now, and we want to play together again, so pretty awesome that's cool uh can't wait to hear some new pearl jam uh they're one of those groups that's you know they always put out something kind of cool every every time you know yeah. whether it's just one or two tracks off the album it's always something worth listening to uh so we were talking about this scott wyland's widow selling his hats on ebay here's a picture of one of the hats this is one of the hats he wore during the velvet revolver era and it has a starting bid of thirty five hundred dollars jamie wyland has a message on the eBay auction page that says, quote, Scott Weiland's black and red skull hat from Velvet Revolver Days, authentic, was gifted to me by my late husband before he passed, protected from light, uh, whatever. Message me if you have any questions. Hmm. And a certificate of authenticity will be included. 
She must be hard up uh, for some money, right? Be selling her dead husband's hats. Like, Hmm. fuck, right? That's pretty sad. Uh, Apparently, you know, the estate is not paying what she thought it was. She tried to sue in court and say that that they owed her more than $64,000. But the singer's second wife, Mary Forsberg, who is also the head of the state, had previously argued that Jamie did not file the paperwork properly and her claim had lapsed. So she didn't do the paperwork in time and she didn't get her fair share and now she's like hawking shit on the internet trying to... He was in debt anyways, wasn't he? Yeah. He had to like sell off everything and shit. Yep. It wasn't like they inherited a lot of money at all. They actually probably inherited a lot of bills and a lot of drama, right? Yeah. Check out this funny ass photo. That's a photo originally of Brooks and Dunn, <laughs> and then Trent Reznor, Trent Reznor posted his fo- posted this on his Instagram today uh, of him and Atticus Ross and the and <laughs> superimposed his face uh, because he won a CMA award. Believe it or not, the song "Old Town Road" with Lil Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus features a Nine Inch Nails sample in it. That little banjo you hear in the beginning. What? Oh, I don't remember. On Old Town Road. Well, um, I'm gonna take my horse to the. Yeah, I know that song. Well, the, in the beginning, there's like a little faint banjo kind of in the background. There's like this kind of acoustic banjo sound that's it's going not, on. It's not how it starts. That boom, boom, boom. That's just guitar. I'm not sure. Maybe it could be. It could be mm-hmm. that. But it's from Nine Inch Nails' "34 Ghosts 4. That's a part four. It was an obscure Nine Inch Nails Funny. song. And yeah, it won <laughs> for the musical event of the year for the CMA Awards, beating out Garth Brooks, Blake Shelton, Marin Morris, all these artists. And Atticus Ross and Trent Reznor are credited on that CMA Award because they uh, have so a big a part of the music. Country music Association Award. That's a yeah. They were just last night. It was actually a pretty cool award show. I gotta say, like as far as award shows go, like CMAs is kind of one of the cooler, well done award shows. Like they have good musical performances. They have like funny uh, hosts. They don't get into all kinds of bullshit. They salute the troops. They like do all this stuff that's just like they check all the boxes. It's just a really cool like you know instead of like some of the other award shows like the People's Choice Awards or the fucking Nickelodeon Awards or MTV. It's all bullshit, man. It's just like all just like nonsense. But I don't know. CMA and some of the other ones out there, they do it right. And they really like I think it's because the the musicians honestly love the fans and there's a good like kind of relationship there. So it's pretty cool. Anyway, uh, congrats to uh, Trent Reznor winning that CMA award. All right. Last rock news this week. Um, We've been talking about this off and on. Here's a picture of some of the Moody's medicinals um, from Ivan Moody, Five Finger Death Punch lead singer, says in a new interview that this CBD stuff has helped him in his recovery from alcoholism. Um, So CBD, he's saying, and a lot of scientists say, that offers tangible health benefits, including pain from relief, anxiety, and more. Ivan Moody has thus started his own company called Moody's Medicinals, featuring a range of CBD wellness products. And he said, quote, when I decided to get sober, there was a lot of chemical imbalances that came along with that physically as well as mentally. Looking for my medicine cabinet, there were like eight bottles of different medications, stuff for used for anxiety. I just fucking, it just occurred to me that I was putting all this crap on my body for something I could do naturally. 
So, I mean, it's kind of a good point. Um, I, I'm personally kind of like that. I don't like ever even taking like Tylenol, aspirin, ibuprofen. I don't like doing anything if I really don't need to. Uh, I prefer just more like drinking water, you know, coconut water, having something more just kind of natural. I don't know. What do you think? Like, are you more that way or do you just kind of go for the aspirin, ibuprofen? Doesn't really matter. I'm all herbal, man. Yeah. I think that's kind of the way to go. I don't know. That's the way our ancestors have always been. Shit, they didn't have Tylenol fucking 100 years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? What the fuck did they do for headaches back then? Got some pain, drink some beer. Some <laughs> or or uh, some tea. Have some warm tea with some honey or something, right? Yeah. Anyway. All right, I'm going to go get Dahlia for this uh, trivia. Take a break here for a second. Thank you for joining us, Dahlia. <clears throat> yeah. What's up, Garage Rock Show listeners? All right. And yeah, right. perfect, perfect. Um, so, here we are, starting the trivia. November 15th, 2007. In a charity auction, a 25-year-old man from Scotland pays this much for two tickets to the Led Zeppelin reunion show at the O2 Arena in London. How much do you think he paid? Was it A, $76,000, B, $110,000, or C, $170,000? Dang, I wonder who this Scotty was. I know, right? Well, it was a charity auction, charity. so I'm going with C, one hundred seventy. Mm, all of them are ridiculous amounts. But, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'll go with B. It's in the middle. Okay. <laughs> B, 110, and then uh, Dahlia says C, 170. Dahlia is correct. Over a million okay. people entered this lottery. So, like, the way they did the tickets, they, they only had oh. 18,000 tickets, so everybody entered a lottery, right? And they only had one pair left, and they had them for charity, uh, for auction, and... They they originally sold for only two hundred fifty five dollars. <laughs> wow, but during uh, like charity auctions, like usually they go all out, right? And it's kind of a tax write off for them too. Oh so yeah, I go to my little my niece and nephew's little FFA auction dinners, and like <clears throat> a little batch of cupcakes will go for like eight hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah or <laughs> like, a, or a <laughs> simple a simple <laughs> pumpkin pie. Yeah, will go for, for like a yeah. thousand bucks. They just put up their yeah. you know crazy. little paddles and. But it's all for charity. It's so for charity, mm-hmm. yep. good stuff. Well, it's a rare condition this day and age to find a beer made with krill caught in a cage. Krill and nutrition and a little lemon rind. Some people say it's even harder to find. Well, there must be some magic krill inside these bottle walls. Cause all I see is it's filtered with baleen. Real krill bursting out of everything. Krill Reserve. Yar, it's made from stuff found in the sea. Krill Reserve. All right, so double trivia, guys, here. We have some more trivia. We have a new trivia feature coming up right after this question. So stick around for this. It's going to be cool. All right, so, but in the meantime, on this day, November 15th, excuse me, 2000, this band keeps a promise to give away $1 million of the band's own money to a lucky fan out there. A lot of people entered the contest. It was this national contest. Two finalists in the online contest appear on MTV's Total Request Live to compete in a trivia challenge to see who will win the prize. 
and 14-year-old Ashley Hitchcock wins the million dollars after correctly identifying their guitarist as the oldest member of the band. What band was it? Was it A, Motley Crue, B, The Offspring, or C, Van Halen? What do you guys think? You remember this at all? I don't remember I this. I don't. I was thinking, I was trying to think back. I'm like, I don't remember this band giving away a million dollars on MTV. How random, though. Motley Crue, Van Halen, and then Offspring. Like, <laughs> who had enough money at the time like to be able... I million. Right? That's what I was thinking. That's why I was, like, crossing Offspring off of my list. <laughs> Motley Crue probably needed that as well. At I'm that time? Van Halen. It's got to be Van Halen. I don't know. All of them, it, could, it was kind of a really low point in rock and roll at this time. And I think this was kind of and, a and they they kept a promise, so they could have promised this in the nineties. Oh yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I'm going with Motley Crue. Motley Crue, okay. Aaron, what do you say? See Van Halen. Van Halen, okay. Well, you guys would be surprised to know it was wow. the Offspring. So it put them in debt, huh? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, They're they, like, damn, what they held us to that stupid dumb shit, God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this 14-year-old Ashley Hitchcock won after correctly identifying Noodles as the oldest member of the band. That was the final question. Wow. And they asked who was the oldest in the offspring, and she knew. Uh, so kind of cool, right? Good for her. 14-year-old. Yeah, dude. She won a million dollars from the offspring. <laughs> the Dang. Two. Fuck. I wonder if she blew it all. I know, right? Where is she now? I should have <laughs> looked that up. Where is she now? <laughs> all right, guys. It's time she for a new feature. For a white girl. We're going to be. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Good one. All right. We got a new feature. We're going to be uh, starting this. I'm going to try and do this uh, as often as I can, maybe every week. It's time for a new feature called Five Second Trivia, guys. Jeez. Oh, five Second Trivia. What, do we have like five seconds to answer once you read? Or? No, you only get five seconds of a clip and you have to identify the clip. Okay. Oh, so, first up, this musician from this band was born this week of November 15th. Can you identify who it is with this five-second song clip? And you get three hints, okay? So you guys can... For all of the listeners that are listening, uh, we actually have a huge screen and monitor where we can pull up uh, live video footage and and all of the, that. Uh, uh, I, I don't have the info on here because I wanted to keep it away from you guys. <laughs> <laughs> As if we would be looking. We have integrity, Chris. Integrity. <laughs> Tegrity. Well, I gotta keep it away. There's nothing. There's nothing worse than a, a not authentic trivia. I don't like that. So you guys that listen here, you know that every time that I do this trivia, none of these guys have seen the answers for these questions, right? Are you gonna no. post like the clip on Instagram for what? our listeners and what clip? Uh, the clip of what we're uh, the, f- the so song clip, just the an trivia audio clip. Well, no, they can. They have to oh, listen. Oh, it's a song. It's oh, audio. I thought it was yeah, an yeah, audio. Yeah. It is. It is. We're gonna hear some uh, some music here. So hold on. So it's not visual. Just and I audio. cannot post it because of copyright stuff. So ah, that's okay. Why I can't post okay. That stuff. But five seconds, I can get away with it here in the podcast because it's only five seconds. So I think technically it's fifteen seconds or something like that. You can get away with playing so of copyrighted material. So the musician from this band was born this week of November fifteenth. Yes. So um, you have to choose which member this, of the band this week. Yes. Uh, Does uh, that mean he's a baby? Well, I'm your first uh, hint number one is the exact birthday. Hint number two is what they played in the band, and hint number three is the song release date. What did he play in the band? I, we didn't well, get all that. You haven't you haven't even heard the song yet. So 
Here's here's the five seconds of this artist that was born this week, November fifteenth. Okay, that was five seconds. Do you want? Hey, you need a pair of headphones. No, I don't. Can I can you hear it. I can, you can hear, hear it. it. Okay. Can I get right, another five time. seconds? Can you, 182, I think. Okay, so Aaron's thinking it's Blink-182. What do you think? I'm going to play one more time for you guys. All the small things. It's not that song. No, I know, it's not that song. <laughs> That's all I could think of. Aaron's right. It's totally Blink-182. However, I don't know the name of the musician. Okay, well, and we just saw that. I will give you the first hint. The exact birthday of this person is November fourteenth, nineteen seventy-five. He is forty-four years old. Okay, um, what's that one guy? Tom, Tom something. DeLong. Tom DeLong. What's the other guy's name? I don't know. Okay, there's that. So, uh, hit number two. They played the drums in this band. Oh, uh, tra- oh. Travis. Travis Barker. Travis Barker. Hit number three. The song release date is October 8th, 2001. Yeah. So is that going to be your guys' final answer? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're going with Travis Barker. Travis Barker? It was, it, was a, it, was a, it was a team effort there. Okay, now you guys will get to hear the the full song. I'll play the, the song in its entirety. See, Well, just the end from where we started here. Not the whole song. Can you tell me what song this is? No. No. First date from Blink One Eighty Two, and yes, you are correct. It is Travis. Good job, Aaron. Uh, Okay, so let's tell it was them. I just didn't know the song. There you go. Good job. All right, let's move on to the second part of Five Second Trivia. Oh, geez, there's more. There is. There's (laughs) one more. We're doing music and movies for this trivia. Okay, so also this week, this actor or actress was born this week of November 15th. Can you identify who it is with this five-second movie quote? You also have three hints you can ask for. This is so hard. All right, so here's five-second movie quote. This actor actress born this week. Here it is. Ah, it's time. These are the names of the firstborn sons of Gotham City. Oh. Ah, it's time. I got it. These are the names of the first the boy, Danny sons of Gotham City. That's it Penguin. Is, it Danny is. Danny DeVito? It is. Yeah. It totally is. You are absolutely correct. It is Danny DeVito. He was born <laughs> November 17th. I knew I, when, when I heard Gotham, I was like, I put it all together. 1944. He is 75 <laughs> so years old. Batman Returns was the movie from 1992. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go. <laughs> awesome. like nice. There you go. Good job, guys. All right. Aaron wow, gets bragging it. rights. Boo, that's it. That's <laughs> Let's get three next week. All right, no, all right. We'll we'll do trivia. three. We'll do we'll do we'll do, uh, we'll do more. So I, I wanted to try that out. See how you guys did with that. All right, cool. We're good. Right on. Hey, Chris, what's up? You know what, Charles? Don't even go there. Not without my coffee. Oh wow, Chris. What happened to your ever so polite and upbeat demeanor? Shove it up your ass, Charles. Your big, fat, ugly, pompous, facehole jerk, ugh, turpentine mouth. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Chris, you know what, buddy? I know what you need. What's that? Potato breath? Guilt? 
reach right into my sack. Right there. Oh. oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. Pull out the can. What in the ninth level is this? It's a cold, refreshing can of a little something called Ball Jack. The revitalizing energy drink that'll kickstart your day with a little something called pizzazz. Pizzazz? Yeah, otherwise known as a combination of yellow 5-6 and a little known and regulated yellow number 16. All good things. Drink up! Hey, I feel better already. Of course you do, because Ball Jack is the key to morning success. With a patented blend of caffeine, taurine, ginkgo biloba, and actual tears, you'll punch the day in the face and get pumped up like you swallowed jet fuel. Well, is it good for you? Define good. And Ball Jack is full of a little something we all know and love called energy crystals. Oh, energy crystals. Like sugar? Sure. It's your party, Chris. So, what do you say to life now? Look out, Betty. I'm jam-packed full of pizzazz. Woo! Good. Go get them, Buster. And watch out for cops. Huh? Ball Jack, located at most retail chicken feed stores. All right. Um, all right. So, hey, hey, real now. quick, Dr. Sleep. Let's talk about Dr. Sleep. Okay, so it's kicking off movie and entertainment news this week. Me and Dahlia saw Dr. Sleep over the weekend. We did. Here's the deal. And we had very low expectations going into it. Yes, we did. Uh, to be honest, The Shining is one of my favorite movies. This was billed as a sequel to The Shining. Uh, it was the first, you know, movie that was a sequel in almost 30 years, uh, for The Shining. So here's the deal. They expected it to just really do well, uh, 30, 25 million it, it, it projected, and it just didn't even get anywhere near that. No? No. Uh, it only got $14 million over the weekend. Wow, but it was really good. It was in second place, and it was behind Roland Emmerich's Midway, which, by the way, was a war movie strategically released on Veterans Day weekend mm -hmm. with a great response. They were saying that the reason why this flopped was because they didn't release it, A, during the Halloween and horror film time. Mm -hmm. They didn't do that. Mm -hmm. And then also they did this whole, like, billing here. It's kind of a random time for... Uh movie like that yeah it, really it is and, and look at the, the the way that they build this movie it was like they relied so much on a sequel to the shining that they say a, a younger generation who hasn't seen the shining since 1980 doesn't even know what the fucking shining is or is about oh, they didn't get it yeah you know i didn't they it, didn't make it the took me to a minute i think you explained it to me dr sleep is a sequel to i thought dr sleep was like sounds like some fucking rip-off comic book character or something. Like, yeah. You know? Right? And, like, too, I think a lot of Dr. people sleep. out there that aren't familiar I with The Shining... to sleep. Yeah. yeah. They, I think a lot of people thought like, the same thing. Nobody knew what it was. So if you are a Stephen King fan, like, out of all the films that have been out there, this was one of the ones that I felt was most true to a storyline or a book of Stephen King. Explain it to the fans out there. Why? I, I, why? I can't why? Do that right now. No. Yes, you can. You can remember like the stuff where she was flying over, and that was like a way of her, you know, trying to find this I will child. I will just say this: if you've ever read the Dark Tower series, like the Dark Tower movie was a joke. However, like if you ever read the Dark Tower series, it has like plays into that. From that storyline, and they, uh, the cinematography of it, played true to that. Yes, good way of saying in a that. lot of yes. ways. So it was really, uh, yeah. It, it when I watched it, I didn't read Doctor Sleep. Me either. So I wasn't a critic as much as I was with all of the other films that came out um, recently from Stephen King. 
so being that that being said, I thought it was a really well done film. I thought, it, yeah, it was probably one of the better Stephen King movies that I've seen mm-hmm. recently. Uh, I can't think of a better one, honestly, in recent memory, other than the first It more recent adaptation. Mm. The very first one, I didn't yeah. care for the sequel for It uh, as much, but the very first It uh, uh, sequel, or what it, what do you call it, I guess, a, a uh, more modern adaptation yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed that, and that was the last Stephen King adaptation I enjoyed, because mm-hmm. Pet Cemetery was shit. That was horrible. Yeah, that was... Uh, the what? Oh, you know which one we did kind of, sort of enjoy on Netflix. It was um, in the in the gr- in the tall grass. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of Children of the Corn. Yeah, so that was again. They did a great job with that. That one. was on Netflix, and it was and a that, Stephen King one called In the Tall Grass. I mean, I wouldn't give it an A plus. Yeah. No, I give that one maybe a C plus. I would give it a B minus. Seven out of ten. We watched it the whole way. I give Doctor Sleep like, an eight out of ten. It reminded me of a Stephen King book. It was. So, you know, again, as a Stephen King fan, that one was good. I thought Dr. Sleep was, I thought it, I wouldn't say awesome, but close to awesome. Pretty darn good. Um, there was a lot of things in it. The, the only thing that I thought was cheesy and we thought was cheesy was the the flashback scenes, like where uh, Jack Nicholson was the bartender and mm-hmm. it was this guy playing Jack Nicholson's mm-hmm. character from The Shining. It was not Jack Nicholson. It was like a younger, newer guy. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't look right. And mm-hmm. it seemed like forced and kind of contrived or whatever. Like it, And they didn't need to do the playbacks. They didn't need to do that shit. They tried so hard to tie it into the original Shining. This movie could have... Uh, the storyline of this movie could have just been by itself. Well, like mm-hmm. it didn't need to go back to the Overlook Hotel. You know what I mean? Without ruining it, I guess you know, I was going to ask... Uh, I saw a couple, of, like the trailer at least, and it had a couple clips of like... Those twin girls. They go the back to the Overlook. People is that know just that. like flashbacks or is that still no, occurring? They, they actually go back and it's more modern day like he's having those things and happen again. So it was a again. flashback with the little kid on the uh, little hot wheel trike too? Or was mm. that like that? A, that's an actual flashback. That's supposed to be like a flashback. Uh, they, they show a lot of... there was a new kid. Right. It's a new that kid that does and that, that character. That. That's that's one of the things you got to be riding around the hotel yeah. room the yeah. hot wheels. Yeah, so they they did all that pretty pretty well for the most part. I think especially the girl who played Wendy Torrance's character, I thought she did really well. She did, uh, especially Doc Holleran's character. Oh yeah, he did a really good job. Doc Holleran's character. Whoever played that guy was really good, Uh, and and Wendy Torrance's character. But the guy who played Jack Nicholson was pretty cheesy looking. And uh, who else? There was the the twins. The the guy who played young Danny Torrance wasn't very. good. Would you have preferred they do like a separate? Um, like character line in this case, being that they were trying to uh, incorporate the old movie with the new movie, would you have preferred them to be, you know, new story, new storyline, new like mom character? Uh, no, I didn't necessarily want to see all that. I kind of was just focused the way they focus on Danny Torrance's life now as an adult. Yeah, um, with I, olive oil in it. Yeah, but she could have still been there and alive, and that would have been kind of cool to see a, an older because Wendy they're both Torrance. Alive. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe she passed away in the book. I don't. I'm not sure exactly because I haven't read Doctor Sleep, so I, haven't either, I don't so know exactly what happened to all of that. But it was pretty good for the most part. I would recommend it if you guys want to see a, a good Stephen King adaptation film. It is probably one of the better ones that's out there. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So that was that. 
And then um, a couple more entertainment movie news things here. Adam Sandler's acting coach told him to quit. Uh, Brad uh, Pitt and Adam Sandler were chatting uh, on these, um, I guess it's this Actors on Actors series, and they were talking about some low points in their career, you know? Mm -hmm. And Adam Sandler said his acting coach told him he wasn't cut out for the biz. He said, quote, oh, Brad Pitt explained the story. So he heard it from a director named Burnett Miller, or Bennett Miller, excuse me. Mm -hmm. He's telling Adam this. He says, quote, you were at NYU, and it was your acting coach, your acting professor, I believe. He took you out for a beer, and he kindly said to you, think about something else. Listen, you've got heart, but you don't have it. Choose another path. <laughs> and Sandler confirmed it, and Pitt revealed, uh, or, excuse me, Pitt revealed the su- silver lining. He said, quote, you ran into him when you were getting the ultimate payday, You were, and you were with a bunch of friends. Anyone would think that's the opportunity to rub it in his face. Reportedly, what you did was you said hi, and you introduced him to your friends and said, this is the only teacher to ever buy me a beer. That's the guy I know, and I think that's why you're here after all these years, end quote. That's cool. That's a cool story, right? Yeah. And it kind of shows, like Brad Pitt's saying, you know, that's why Adam Sandler's kind of, you know, yeah, maybe he's not the best (laughs) fucking actor in the world, but he's a cool-ass guy. I like that quote, though, like, what? Only, yeah, right there. You're the only teacher to ever buy me a beer. Like, go get me a beer. <laughs> right? That's yeah. a definite, like, it's a little slight dig, but it's a funny one. It's yeah. a polite way of, mm-hmm. you know, hey, this is the only teacher that ever bought me a beer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, funny shit. All right, so Ricky Gervais is going to host the Golden Globes. Not a fan of Ricky Gervais myself personally, but I guess whatever. It's apparently going to be his last time doing it. So mm. he's done it off and on. In 2010 through 2012, 2016, and then now he's going to do it again. But apparently last time. Check it out. This was cool. Movie, TV, entertainment news. Paul Thomas Anderson, the director of Boogie Nights and There Will Be Blood, is returning to the San Fernando Valley roots for a new film set in the 70s. It's going to follow a high school student who is also a successful child actor. Anderson will write, direct, and produce. Casting is underway. This is cool because... His biggest movie he ever did was Boogie Nights, and it was one of the best ones. And it was kind of uh, a period piece for his childhood. He was brought up in the L.A. kind of uh, area during the 70s, during all that shit, the heyday of the porn industry and fucking all that stuff that was going on. So I think this is going to be another kind of movie, not necessarily like Boogie Nights, but in the same kind of era, which is cool. And he does that well. He's a good director for that. Sounds sounds interesting. Yeah. Follows a child actor yeah so i'm interested what that means or and maybe if if it's based on a real real story of someone yeah you know those child actors are always getting into shit you know and like doing drugs hella early yeah like i've heard stories from drew barrymore and some of those other ones in the press where it's like in the industry they were fucked up like they were doing coke at like being teenagers Mm -hmm. you know doing all kinds of shit crazy stuff right so who knows who it's going to be about or maybe it's fictional i don't know we'll see uh, interesting sports minute this week. Have you heard about this? The Houston Astros apparently used uh, their backfield or midfield camera to steal signs during the World Series winning 2017 season. Have wow. you heard about this at all? No, I haven't. So the report quoted pitcher Mike Fears, or Fe- I don't know how that's how you say it. He played for the Astros that season and three other unnamed people. The camera at Minute Maid Park was connected to a TV monitor in the tunnel between the ta- Astros dugout and the clubhouse. And they're saying that employees or players would bang a trash can to signal off-speed pitches. 
The Astros said they have, quote, begun an investigation in cooperation with the MLB, declining to say more. They're reviewing the information, and they're saying they're, they may take uh, necessary steps to strip them of that uh, World Series title if they come to some Dang. kind of inglu- uh, conclusion. Wow. Isn't that crazy, though? They would bang a trash can to signal off-speed pitches. <laughs> Fucking nuts. That's crazy. That's like some old-school crazy shit, like in the 50s or something. It sounds like something Bill Belichick would do, though. <laughs> right? Crazy. So that was their winning season. I don't know, man. That's that's not looking good for them and their legacy. That's not good. You hear Ka- Kaepernick's going to be auditioning this yeah, weekend. Got to work out this weekend, huh? Yeah, for the NFL teams uh, in a private workout arranged by the league. Um, so he's going I to be doing saw that. The Patriots are going to be one of the teams checking him out. Yeah. All right. Nice. Well, good for him. You know, all 32 teams. Uh, they're saying they're inviting them all out to watch him. Blah blah blah. So we'll see how it goes for him. Uh, Jeff Bezos, the owner and CEO of Amazon, is interested in buying an NFL team, and he's become close with several current owners. So they're saying that the Seattle Seahawks maybe could be one of the things, as it will be sold at some point following the death of owner Paul Allen last year. And also, the Denver Broncos could be on the market in a few years amid lawsuits from heirs to former owner Pat Bolin. So... There you go. I don't know. Jeff Bezos getting into that. Uh, news from around the world. Did you hear about this missing California hiker found dead on a glacier? 40-year-old California hiker, been missing after not returning home from a hike last Monday, was found dead on top of a glacier. Uh, officials said Alan Stringer's body was located after a three-day search on top of the Darwin Glacier in Kings Canyon National Park. His phone didn't show any calls made after he began his hike. He reportedly had a GPS device, but he didn't activate it. There's no cause of death. Here's the sad part. He was an experienced hiker. He left behind his wife, who was pregnant with their first child. Crazy, right? Huh. Fucking didn't turn his GPS on. You think he just like went out there to die because he was like didn't want to have a kid or something? I, and that's exactly what I was thinking when I was reading that last I sentence of it. He goes on a crazy hike like that where <clears> his wife's pregnant and like... Why would you do that, right? Why would you leave behind your pregnant wife at home on going on some crazy-ass hike? Exactly. I mean, was she like a month pregnant, or was she like deep? I don't know. That's a good point. Mm. Interesting. Crazy, right? Um, All right, Conspiracy Corner. Genetic tests aim to predict an embryo's intelligence and health. It's straight out of the fucking film. You remember that film Gattaca, 1997, with... um, who was that? Ethan Hawke. It was like the. It was imagining a society uh, organized according to the results of genetic tests. That was the film Gattaca, and apparently now this shit's really happening. This this New Jersey startup called Genomic Predictions created a DNA screening method that scores embryos with risks estimates for heart disease, diabetes, and it also gives a report card on their predicted height and intelligence. Looks like your kid's gonna be stupid. Yeah, uh, isn't that kind of like so? What they just—it's per. Oh, kill it then. Per kid, like, or oh, give it away. I don't want. Oh, this kid's gonna be short and fucking stupid, and oh, I don't want to. I don't want that then. Right? That's fucked up. This is the beginning of some really fucked up stuff. If that's really the case, got me thinking of like the way that it says hopeful parents are picking. Yeah, like who, I don't know. Another hundred years, you can maybe grow a handful of babies and pick the pick the the smartest, best one out of the eight and trash yeah. all the other ones. You know, yeah. and like have a 
a lab kind of growing a baby. Yeah, who knows what's going to go off of it down the road. That's great. Cr- it's kind of like, you know, like breeding pit bulls or something. You know, like the rich people will be the first ones to start it, you know. Oh, yeah. And they'll get all the little what they want. You know, oh, I want a blue eyes. I want a tall person. I want blonde hair. I want them to be smart. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Crazy. crazy. Um, All right. So weekly what the fuck this week. They're uh, uh, investigating this vaping shit and they're saying this vitamin E acetate. I saw that is now named as possibly behind this vaping illness outbreak. Uh, that have affected apparently more than 2,000 people. Mostly it's been THC cartridges. So vitamin E acetate is often an oil. It's typically used as a nutritional supplement or applied to the skin, but health officials have found that it's also being used in vaping products that contain THC. So, and we we were talking about this. It's mostly like bootleg or low-budget or up-and-coming kind of people that are doing this kind of deal. It's not like, you know... If you're buying it at a club, I wouldn't imagine that it's being cut with stuff like this, but I don't know. Obviously, be safe out there if you guys are vaping. I just started laughing at the next article. <laughs> like what? What do you mean? I was looking at the next article in line. Oh, yeah. Check this out. A New York man claims to have found a... It's not a joint. It's actually a blunt in <laughs> his Popeye's like chicken sandwich. The cook probably was like, where'd my blunt go? Yeah, he, <laughs> he claimed he purchased two sandwiches from a Manhattan Popeye's, and he took them home... And he says the blunt fell out of his second sandwich. He claims he emailed Popeyes a complaint about the incident, but he never received a response. That cook had a blunt in his ear. He bent down making the sandwich and like looked away. Dropped. Dude, that's exactly what happened. You know that's what happened. That's exactly what happened. They're just about to take their break. Yeah, he put that fucking blunt in his ear. He was pissed. He was like, "Damn, where'd that blunt go?" The cook and the server were like, "Dude, that's so funny." And now he's reading. I bet you those cooks are like reading about it now because they're probably investigating it. It, I can't imagine there's too many Manhattan locations of a Popeyes, right? The other other guy who threw five on it, he's pissed off. (laughs) He lost the blunt. Damn, man. We were going to go smoke that on our lunch break. (laughs) Shit. Oh, man. And speaking of Popeyes. I would have took it as like, oh, damn. Two sandwiches and it came with a blunt? (laughs) You probably couldn't smoke it. Those probably covered in grease and mayonnaise. Probably, yeah. <laughs> uh, check it out, though. Popeyes has been off the hook lately. A woman was body slammed out of there. Uh, body out, slammed? Yeah, Outside. she was out in front. Uh, apparently, a 55-year-old woman was body slammed by a 29-year-old woman. Uh, I'm not even going to try and pronounce that name. She was charged with a felony. Uh, this older lady, Deborah Staggs, says she was trying to get a refund after being double-charged double for food. Things escalated after Staggs and Hughes got into an argument. Apparently, they were in line together. In a now viral video, Hughes is seen slamming her to to the ground. There are conflicting stories about the incident, with employees reportedly accusing Staggs of using the N-word and asking her repeatedly to leave. So this older 55-year-old lady supposedly was using the N-word. I think this lady that body slammed her was black. And she was, no, she didn't work there. somebody else. I thought it said an employee. Oh, Deborah was the employee? No, no, no. Nobody, nobody was the employee. Deborah's the old lady. Darian's was the 29-year-old. Employees reportedly accusing Staggs. They're they're just giving the the report to the police officers. Wait, check out this. A Popeye's employee was arrested on Friday after body slamming a 55-year-old woman. So did the employee do it? That's what it says right there. Oh, yeah. It does say that she was an employee. 
Popeye's employee was arrested. So that's so, the uh, 29-year-old lady. Yeah, so that's the – yeah, she worked there. So Stagg's lawyer has denied that her client used the racial slur and that the store's manager immediately began insulting her when she returned to request a refund after checking her bank statement. Hmm. She tried to leave the building before she was attacked, reportedly suffered six cracked ribs, nine fractures, and a broken knee. Wow. wow. So that's crazy. Okay, well, then I didn't realize I that. Yeah, so maybe it, she was. Uh, she probably was using the racial slur. I she mean, was what, probably what would, saying "you stupid n word" or something, yeah, and then like a, 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 somebody working at their job like go body slam someone. To go beyond, that's that's probably line, one of those you know? lines. If someone's calling you a stupid n word, yeah, it, you know that's so, pretty offensive. Know. You know, she, maybe she asked for it. Uh, <laughs> right, uh, dude. This stupid gender reveal shit. Have you heard about this latest one here? Gender reveal gone wrong causes a plane crash. This 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 so there was a, a, a crop dusting plane that was supposed to do this low flyover and dump three hundred fifty gallons of pink water to reveal that it was a, a girl, right? Okay. Well <laughs> here's it was flying at such a low altitude it stalled and hit the ground because it was going too slow after releasing the water. Both the pilot and the single passenger in the plane actually survived with the passenger only suffering minor injuries. So on another different kind of note, uh, does that mean it was a miscarriage? <laughs> Buzzing! <laughs> Fuck yeah. Uh, I know, right? Uh, so it's here's not the a deal. boy or a girl. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Oh, shit. Uh, so have you heard about some of these other ones, though? Last month, a device was supposed to send out colored powder, and instead it exploded, and this lady, the mother, was hit with flying metal. And in 2017, at a gender reveal explosion in Arizona, it sparked a huge wildfire that burned 47,000 acres and caused $8 million in damage over a stupid gender reveal party, right? Uh It's like, come on, people, just fucking do a little fucking, like, pull a curtain or something. Like, why do you got to fucking shit shit on fire and explode stuff? Are those normally for... Like, the the, the mom and dad normally already know, and it's for, like... The for family, the family, right? family and friends, and they do a big get together. They film it. Shit. I know, that's right? Kind of a, that's what I mean. It's kind of a who gives um, a shit. I don't know what you call. It. I don't know. A waste. A fucking yeah. just like why are you even doing anything it's about kind it? Kind of a self-centered thing to me. Like it is. Look at me. Yeah, Look at her. it's a girl. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. It's exciting, I guess. It's but still, don't put other people's, people's lives. lives at risk. The people fucking <laughs> crashed in that plane, you idiots. Yeah. Fucking anyway. All right. So uh, last couple funny stories here this week. Chili's is offering rib scented candles this holiday season. It's a baby back rib scented candle. Uh, So if you guys want to buy that, you can go to Chili's website and uh, get a candle that smells like a fucking baby back rib. Well, you know, I got those those. It's supposed to be a man thing, right? Like a gear. Oh, get your man a baby back rib. Sounds dope. But uh. My take on it is my wife has those oil burners. And right. There's flavors like chocolate chip cookies. So yeah. I walk in and I'm like, mmm, chocolate yeah. chip cookies. Yeah. Mmm, they're baby not there. back ribs. It's just the smell. I know, it's, it's a like, joke. Yeah, no, you're right. That's, well, where's yeah. the ribs? Yeah. <laughs> I smell them. Now right. I want them, but they're not here. What do you think of well, these? Have you heard of these from Wiener Schnitzel? Beef tamales. They're at Wiener Schnitzel. It's chili cheese beef tamales this holiday season at Wiener Schnitzel. 
So I was thinking about <laughs> Remember it. Remember I brought up one time that I used to eat those tamales out of a can? Oh, yeah, like the Hormel, Hormel ones. <laughs> yeah, the Hormel ones. When I was a kid, I loved those. I don't those know are why. bomb. Those are I good. I used to make my mom get them. And I think even my mom was disgusted by them. Are you <laughs> sure about that? <laughs> yeah, Mom, they're so good. Yeah, they're good. They kind of look like that. What do you think? Would you order that? No. <laughs> not at all. If I went to Wienerschnitzel, which is... Why would you get a tamale? Uh, not very we- often, I would probably... Get a chili dog. Yeah, why would you get? That's what we were talking or about. A regular like a hot dog or a corn dog. No Mexican person is going to go to Wiener Schnitzel for tamales. And I was thinking about it. No other fast food place offers tamales for the holiday season. El Pollo Loco, maybe. Oh yeah, I guess. Um, but I guess that's probably all year round, maybe. Right? Del Taco or something. Like, I tamales? Know. I don't know. Anyway, well, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> you can grab them at Wiener Schnitzel if you want them. They got I doubt chili, there's going to be. Tamales. I doubt. I doubt there's going to be tamale wars like the chicken sandwich wars. No, 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 no. <laughs> that would be dope, though. I mean... All of it, a sudden, Wendy's comes out with a tamale and another <laughs> one comes out with a tamale. Probably not. Which tamales are best. All right, that does it for us this week on the Garage Rock Show podcast. Follow us on Instagram, at the Garage Rock Show podcast, Facebook.com, Garage Rock Show podcast, Twitter.com, Garage Rock Show. All of our links are up on nine different platforms, thegaragerockshow.com. If you enjoyed our episode, please write our podcast in the Apple and Google stores. Thank you guys for tuning in next week, and we'll see you next week. Have a good one. Peace. See you. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents and the design of this podcast are property of the Garage Rock Show or used by TGRS with permission and are protected under U.S. and international copyright and trademark laws. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. The third-party materials or content of any third-party site referenced in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions, standards, or policies of The Garage Rock Show. TGRS assumes no responsibility or liability for the accuracy or completeness of the content contained in third-party materials or on third-party sites referenced in this podcast or the compliance with applicable laws of such materials and or links referenced herein. This disclaimer is posted in full at thegaragerockshow.com.